When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is a look at issues that affect today's veteran. The Basser Hour is brought to you by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA... Log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour on this fifth day of May or Cinco de Mayo. I hope everybody had a good taco celebration today. Uh, tonight is a pretty special show. Uh, we don't do these specials very often. We do. We make sure it's a good one. Uh, my co-host today is Mr. Gerald Cook. You guys ought to know him pretty well. He's much he's got his own show and had it show, and he's uh, my co-host on the Bachelor Show. Drew, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, John. Thank you. And uh, it does yeah. look like we got a great show lined up here. Uh, sure, I'm we sure do. The people will enjoy it. We don't do bad shows, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Folks, in the past, I've always touched on certain things, uh, especially veterans are fighting the VA and have your claims, and, you know, especially the, a lot of older veterans, Vietnam-era veterans, uh, <clears throat> some more two vets, or any vet that's got some pretty serious disabilities. Um, I always ask if you can sit back and do a little soul-searching and look at your family tree and see if you've got any nurses in your family that can actually help you sit down and go through this stuff. Not the VA claim process, even though they can help with that, but to also help you understand what your disabilities are. And not, not everybody's educated as, you know, some people, and they can understand, but it's always good if you have one in the family to get them involved. And uh, I want to introduce a little lady here in a minute. Uh, let me give a little background. Uh, her name is Nora Huff. And uh, Nora... Uh, she's a she's a nurse. Her sister also a nurse, and their dad was a World War II veteran. And he was discharged from the army in 1945 with active tuberculosis. And they paid him at 100 percent up till sometime in the 1950s, and they just all of a sudden went up and cut him off completely. And this went on for years and years and years. And uh, so, Mr. Huff. Actually, he got remarried and uh, to this wonderful lady. Her name was Jean, and he had uh, she had some kids, and then he had two daughters, and this was Tammy and Nora Lee. And so this is, uh, they're kind of, uh, they're related to me. Nora Lee's actually my aunt, and uh, but the way that the uh, beautiful world made it, she's actually several years younger than I am. <laughs> but... Uh, make a long story short, uh, he fought in the 80s, and he got 30% retro back to when they cut him off in this claim, but he developed a lot of serious conditions from that, and it turned into COPD and some other stuff, and uh, he kept filing his claims over the years using the uh, veteran service organization, and he kept getting denied, even the BVA, and uh, so 
with the help of Nora and Tammy both, uh, we sit down one day and we, uh, I looked at his paperwork, and I didn't realize he was only getting 30% and it wasn't right because he had a lot of issues that actually were related to his COPD. And uh, so what we did was uh, we uh, I put on my thinking cap and uh, I got with a couple of folks that uh, we used to work with on some serious claims and brought them into the mix. And it took about two years to get everything done, said and done. But uh, he wanted the BVA in a landslide. I mean, he he won every issue. And uh, it was just a matter of fortune that he did. He was 90, I guess, was he 91, Norley, and 92? Um, 91. He was 91. He passed like October, just a couple of days after he got his decision. So, you know, it's kind of sad. I think he's kind of hanging on for that. But uh, he's in a better place now. And, uh, but you know, he don't have to worry about it. We know his family's taken care of. So that's one comfort thing we can think of. But uh, having somebody like Nora to help it, to do your claim and your paperwork and help you do everything is a godsend for a veteran. What's some of the things you did in order to help when you when, when you work with your dad? I mean, I know you, you, you did a lot of medical, physical stuff to him. But did you guys help do paperwork and things like that and take him back and forth to appointments and explain stuff to him? Yes. We were always constantly taking him back and forth to appointments. And um, unfortunately, you'd have to explain things to him several times because his breathing was so bad, so his oxygen oxygen level didn't stay up and he didn't retain what you were telling him or understand it at times. Um, we did have a lot of there with him and there was a lot of paperwork. Well, that's good. I mean, he did a lot of stuff. Well, of course, Tammy helped out a lot, too. I know she worked a lot with John in yeah. the claims process. And, but, uh, see, that's the benefit of anybody. You know, you guys need to find out somebody, if you know, if you got a nurse and to help you do stuff, and if you're actually fighting your claim, uh, you know, uh, I recommend Dr. Bash and John Doyle for anybody. If you want to win your claim, uh, you're going to have to bite the bullet and do it, because these VSOs, they don't have, uh, you know, that they don't get, uh, they have no, no reason to win your claim. You know, they can stand back and beat their chest or whatever, but they don't, you know, they have no, there's there's no incentive for them, but with Dr. Bash and John Doyle, it's different, because uh Actually, Dr. Bash even went with him to his BVA hearing. And uh, I think actually both of them attended. He had, a, he had a DRO hearing too, didn't he? Yeah. I guess both of them. T- you, you, were, you were there with that one, right? Yes. And uh, you I and Dr. Bash hit up pretty good, though, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, okay. They were a godsend. That's what I was. They were a godsend. But, folks, that's not the reason for the show today, believe it or not. <laughs> um <laughs> we got a story here. Nora's got a story. and Her husband, Ray McClure, he's on here, too. Ray, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I just know this story by bits and pieces, you know, from talking and what I've known. But um, where were you guys going to that day you had the heart attack? What were you all doing? Um, I was driving, and he was in the passenger seat, and we were going to pick up our then three-year-old son from school. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, Ray, I looked over, and he was slouched over in the seat uh, with his head almost uh. to the dashboard. And then I seen his color. He was gray. So I knew he'd had a heart attack. Okay. And uh, what did you do? I mean, that, that scared me to death. Well, I knew there was a, I call him a dock on a box. It's one of those urgent care centers. There was one uh-huh. right around the corner. So I pulled in there. And I had already called 911. I ran in, 
got some help. We pulled him out of the car, and I began chest compressions, and I was telling people what they needed to do. And they had an AED defibrillator. We hooked him up. We, um, so he was being defibrillated and chest compressions until the, um, the ambulance got there. Is that the one you just put the sticky leads on and then turn the switch? Yes. Yeah, okay. I know one of them are. I'm a, they scared me to death, too. I have to have one every once in a while. But yeah. now, he's had a heart attack, and you worked on him worked on him. And they took him to a local hospital there in Elizabethtown. Is that what they did? Yes, they did. Took him to okay. Hard Memorial. Okay. Now, what did it, what did it do in the Hard Memorial? I know that was the, did they, uh, they do a cath or anything on him, or... No, they. Um, he was in very critical condition, so they just basically assessed him and was giving him medications to keep him basically alive because he had actually died. So they were just trying mm-hmm. to keep him alive until the helicopter arrived to um, helivac him to Louisville. Okay. Okay, so and you they, got to ride um, in the helicopter. Yes. <laughs> he rode to uh, Baptist Hospital East in Louisville. Okay. And, and when uh, he arrived there, uh, they did do a cath, and then uh, they put in what was called an impella pump, which pumps uh, blood on the left side of your heart just mm-hmm. to give it a little rest. Uh-huh. And that was good for 72 hours max. So after 72 hours, they had to take it out. Well, what did they take it out for? Is this cause infection or what? Because um, it chews up your blood cells. So uh-huh. his blood his blood count was way down, and he was having other issues. He was also on propofol, and then they added oh. Presidex two days later. Propofol. They were trying to trying they trying to put him out, wasn't they? They did put him out. He was never okay. conscious at Baptist. Was. And propofol is what killed Michael Jackson and Joan Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. And that was under doctor's care, too. Both of them were, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, did you agree with that treatment, or was it? did, did, did they do anything, you know, that, uh, you know, what, 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 what was their outlook? I mean, that was, uh, that was kind of strange, you know. They... They didn't. They did a heart cath on stuff, but they didn't have no ideas to fix him or anything like that. They what they wanted to do. I know. Did they, I know they? they Sounded me like they tried to. Uh, they just tried to write him off as a loss and uh, go on to the next patient. Right. Well, I I didn't have any say so in his care because I wasn't married to him at the time. But then he was my ex husband, okay. and I had absolutely no say in his care. So, mm. yes, and all of his family was out of state. His mom came mm-hmm. for a couple of days. She didn't sign any paperwork or anything, no. And she didn't okay. have um, the right to say what happened to him either. It was his children. Okay. So they were talking to people on the phone. They did not even know who they were getting instructions for his care. Even though okay. I explained to them about ex-wives wanting him dead, mm-hmm. they still were getting, you know, I don't know who they were talking to, honestly. Over the mm-hmm. phone. So that was their first big mistake. They didn't know who they were talking to, and they were getting uh, medical advice from them on his care. Mm, they so, probably hadn't seen him in years. Yeah, and 
you know, his one of his sons like, well, I just want him dead. Go ahead and kill him. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's sad. Yeah. That's very sad. So, And I was the only one they ever seen there constantly. I'm, throughout his entire medical record, you will see me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at bedside. I'm at bedside. I'm calling. I'm at bedside. So the only person they really knew was me. And I wasn't allowed okay. to have anything to say about his care. Okay. So, so I was not allowed to say anything about these medications at all. Okay. So when did you realize there were some shenanigans going on? And uh, what did you do? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sad situation. And I know you were you probably upset yourself at it, and they wouldn't listen to a word you said, I guess, because... You know, they were probably going off the protocols, I guess, as they say. That's, that's what they call them, protocols. <laughs> yes, but I don't know what protocols because they were getting consent from people they had no idea. Um, okay. I was very upset, but there was nothing I could do. I was calling one of his daughters, and she was having her own issues and kind of drinking a little bit at the time because oh. she was having marital issues. And, well. Yeah, and her his other daughter was on drugs and alcohol at the time, which still is. Okay. So, you know, their decision-making skills were not the best Hindered. at the time. They were a little hampered, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> yes. But what really no. triggered me to know that the, the hospital's making major mistakes, he had one main nurse. Her name was Rachel Fisher. She was an RN. She had just finished nurse practitioner school. After the first three days he was there, every day Rachel Fisher had him, she would say, we have to get him off this propofol. And she would say that not once a day, but several times during the day. So she went from, we got to get him off this propofol, and then we discussed insurance. He had state insurance. She said, oh, my God, we're not going to get paid. You know, we can't keep providing this care. He was one-on-one with the nurse. We can't keep providing this care. We're not going to get paid for it. You're kidding so me. Then she, no, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> she said that to me. And as a nurse, you do not make those decisions. You don't base your care on pay. So then she went from that. She tried to extubate him. on This happened August 12th. On August 19th, mm-hmm. she tried to extubate him, which means remove the breathing tube that was breathing for him. Mm-hmm. She was unsuccessful. So the next step after that, she tried to put him on palliative care after that. Mm. So they were giving up on it. They were were going to put him out the door. Well, what they did was they took a very sick man, because he was very sick. They made him sicker, and they suspended him in this very critical state. Then they were taking all these different medications and using him basically as a lab rat. Well, did you, I know when you finally put your foot down, what did you do? You had to transfer him, get him out of there. Well, what happened was, finally I got one of the daughters. I don't know when she called, but she called, and how they verified who she was, I don't know. But they had an order for him to be evaluated at Jewish Hospital for what was called an LVAB, which is a pump that they put in that pumps um, the blood on the left side of the heart. That sat dormant. I walked into um, Ray's room on the 28th of August. Now, he went in on the 12th, 
the 28th of August, I walked into his room. His nurse, Corey, looked at me and said, sorry, Nora, he's having heart issues. We're going to, uh, we're trying to get a hold of uh, Megan and start palliative care tonight. And I said, whoa, 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 wasn't there um, an order for him to be evaluated for an LVAD? And he said, it's too late. And I said, well, what if I call Jewish? He said, it's too late, you can't get it done. I said, okay. I called Jewish myself, and I explained the whole situation. Within 20 minutes, I had the order for him to be transferred. Hmm. Okay. And he was transferred that night. Good. Well, that was yeah. good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. The Within 30 the hours of now. being at Jewish, <laughs> they took out the breathing uh, tube. He was talking. He was taking steps. He was very much alive. And that was just a day and a half at Jewish. Really? To whereas they were going to kill him the 28th. The 30th, the man's taking steps and doing everything on his own. Hmm. How long was he in Jewish? He was in there about a, a week, maybe a little more. About a week. They actually but walked, the first he walked thing out of there was, then. Yeah, they took him off of propofol the very first thing. And I know Jewish's um, protocol on propofol is no longer than 72 hours. I'm trying to find out what right. Baptist is, but that's a little harder. <laughs> well... You should be able to get that, though. If you can, I'm sure yeah, you know somebody that can't get it for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Well, I don't know what it is these hospitals. Uh, you know, including some of the VA hospitals, um, you know, they kind of put cost over patient care. Yeah. And, of course, they're going to lie upside down, tell you they're not, but, I mean, I've seen it happen. Uh, our technician to our radio show... Uh, Mike Sasser, uh, he died. He had uh, he had stage four lung cancer. Oh. And uh, well, as soon as he found that he had it, he didn't. Want, he lived what three months through? Four months. Wasn't long. Yeah, about three months. It was yeah, about three and, months. Uh, he had actually been going to the VA down in Arkansas, and they did all kinds of chest X-rays. And, tests and things like that on him, and he kept going in because he couldn't breathe and all kinds of problems. They kept saying that his, his he, he had septum problems in the military. He got he got beat up and got his face caved in. Oh. And uh, what happened, they kept mm. saying he kept having issues there when actually the problem was the cancer. So we wow. talked him into going outside the VA to get a second opinion, mm-hmm. and that's when he got his cancer. The VA knew he had cancer but didn't tell him. Mm. <sighs> And that's when he got his cancer diagnosis outside, but he was basically too far gone in small cells. So that still uh, spreads like wildfire. It and, does. Uh, it so, does. you know, this is, an, this is an inspirational story, though, especially with Ray, because, I mean, you know, if they put you in the hospital and you're that sick and they want to put you on propofol and they want to put you on palliative care, that's a, that's a death sentence. That is a death sentence. Um, they, and, uh, it was, wasn't just propofol that he had... 53 bottles, 100 mil bottles of propofol administered to him. 53 of them. 53. Yeah. On part of the medical record, 
It states at one point that he was getting uh, like 29,000 milligrams per uh, minute. And it also Mm. stated that the pump was adjusted to uh, the the pump was adjusted to match the chart. So they were running propofol at undocumented Mm. rates. Now propofol is a very a Very drug. You have drug. To, yes, and you have to have special training. Is it an training. opiate or what is it? Is it an no, opiate it's an or what anesthetic. Is it? They use that to uh, put people Which, out for surgery. surgery. Mm-hmm. And Presidex is also an anesthetic that they use to put people mm-hmm. out for surgeries. Well, did the thought of euthanasia ever enter your mind? I'm telling you, that's what they were doing, basically. And the Presidex, they had a um, the the doctor ordered the max it could run at was 1.2. They were running it at 1.6 at times, okay. and that was at nursing judgment. Uh, that shouldn't have been a nursing judgment. No, that's not a nursing that judgment. Been, when they say that been max 1.2, that's max 1.2. And this is all documented in his chart. I mean, I can bring, I can get page numbers. So they basically hung themselves in that process doing that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but uh, to me, that'd be criminal act. That, that's. Uh, I think it could be. It should well, be. Yeah, it could be criminal act. You could yep. actually file charges against them, normally. And I'm going to have to look into how, it, it, it hasn't been two years yet, right? No. Yeah, the they, sooner you um, do, the better off you Talk to your attorney. Definitely. Because that is definitely needs to be addressed because, you know, I'm, I'm, I love Ray to death, you know. I mean, it's a uh, – I never met Ray, Gerald, until the, here last year. I finally ran into him, met him, and uh, uh-huh. got talking to him. You know, he's just like me. He's good people. And uh, <laughs> just to see him walking around right now and uh, talk to him, and you never know he had a problem. But uh, this story's not over yet. No. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, half of your heart's working, right? And the left side's not working. Is that what it is? The left side of his heart's not working. Yes. Okay. And his now, kidneys, the propofol, totally messed up shut his kidneys. Kidney. Down. That'll shut your kidneys down. So he, I guess he had to go through dialysis? He he was mm-hmm. on dialysis and um, okay. from, gosh, it was like the... 14th of August until October 27th of that same year. He was on dialysis. Really? Yes. Okay. So that she. My last so, dialysis okay. day was my birthday. Really? Yeah, it was a good birthday present. How are you kiddies doing now? Are they getting a little better function? No. <laughs> no. No, they're they're not any better. Okay. They might have put you on a transplant list. Well, he's on a transplant list for his heart right now. Right, he got on the list. Okay. We was talking the other day, you know if he's on the list or not, so he's on, he's on there now for sure. Well, he's on the – we're working up to it. Mm-hmm. He's getting oh, all okay. the work up. There's a lot of work up for that. Right. Okay. Now, I know he has to have some help with his heart. I mean, well, what, what did y'all have done? I mean, he said to have some, something implanted or something to help us to help control his electricity of his heart because I know if one side ain't working, it's, it'd be like a – It'd be like an old Ford with a blow motor trying to run, you know. <laughs> well, let me tell you, 
Baptist said if he was neurologically intact, they would put in a defibrillator and a pacemaker. They knew he was neurologically intact and they still was going to kill him. So he goes to Jewish and they put in a defibrillator and pacemaker. That's all he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Well, well that's keeping going, keeps his heart working, man. Yeah, his heart's yeah. been doing it on his own. Yep. Has one off, Ray? No, not at all. Never. You'll know it when it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll know it when it not, does, buddy. Yeah. Been in there 21 months sure. and it hasn't went off at all. A friend of mine had one the other day, and it went off. Mm. He was asleep when it went off. Oh, jeez. He says he he said after it went off, he was standing flat on his feet at the end of the bed that only got there. <laughs> yeah, so but uh, it didn't hurt him anything, no, but it scared the hell out of him. Excuse my French. <laughs> but, uh, now, we know that uh, one hospital in Louisville was a, uh, I guess they're kind of a. Uh, I guess they got a, some kind of agreement with a funeral home or something because that's what they're probably <laughs> passing down, you know. And they uh, so he's trying to give them another customer. <laughs> they are well known. They have signs everywhere stating, you know, they have the least invasive cardiac surgery, and they're supposed to be really well known for their heart um, division out there. But from what I've seen, I wouldn't take a dog out there to them. Okay, well, that's a good deal. I mean, you know, you uh, again, you're you're a nurse, and uh, fortunately with him, you were you were with him when it happened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a miracle that you were. Yeah. And that you were able to follow his care, and you knew what kind of care he should have been getting. Uh, Do even you? Even though he tried to tie. Go ahead, Gerald. Did they have those hospitalists there? Yes. Uh, do they? They do. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were the hell of beans. <laughs> I don't think any of the doctors he was seen at Baptist was worth anything. I the had them up there or anything. And, uh, oh, boy, that was a, it was a battle. Uh, well, the first you, thing they I'm wanted to do is start playing with your medicine and uh sound to me like probably each one wanted to wanted his medicine in him. Yes, you're right. You're right because um, there's a good example of that on the propofol. Yeah. There was an actual order to wean, and that was on. Let's see. Page 690 of his uh, file, there was an order for them to wean the propofol. Another doctor came in behind the doctor that originally ordered it and discontinued it. So the propofol would continue. Yeah, that's a major issue. Well... I mean, that's wonder he's even. I mean, that, that's they didn't made their mind up. You know, they found out somebody's on the state medical insurance or whatever, and knew they weren't going to get paid, so they wanted to go ahead and shut the door on that one so they can get it out the door. Yep. It goes to show you, it's all about money and not about the health care. It is exactly. It is yeah. the Presidex, which was the other anesthetic. He received seventy-two bottles of one hundred mils 
was administrated to him. Mm. And that is not even supposed to be um, administered to people that have uh, heart problems. (laughs) The one that ain't dead. Yes. I mean, it states, caution should be exercised when administering Presidex to patients with advanced heart block or severe ventricular dysfunction. Well, his left ventricle was basically dead. Yeah. And and it causes hypotension and bradycardia, which in in the records, he had it. As a matter of fact, in his records, it states that he did not take a breath for over two hours. And he was mechanically ventilated. That was very low hypotension. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As low as you're going to get. Now, what's, they had uh, him at what's 70 over 50. What's transcribed since you got him home? I know, did, did, did they put the uh, pacemaker where the ACE it in when he was in the hospital, or did you have to go back and do it? When he was in the hospital. Okay. They put that in. And uh, they put him in cardiac rehab right away? He didn't take cardiac rehab for a while. Um, He was doing, we were doing basically rehab at home because when he was at Baptist, he was restrained. For what reason, I don't know, because he was restrained on propofol and Presidex, but he was restrained and there was absolutely no physical therapy. They did not undo the restraints and do any kind of movement, range of motion, anything. I did all that. So basically, what did they for? <laughs> I don't know. They had him restrained chemically, so I don't know why he was tied tied down. I mean, he had enough propofol and other stuff to knock an elephant out. He did. <laughs> well, they weren't I mean, planning they on him leaving. That's for sure. They was not planning on him leaving. Honestly, I think they were going to try and cover up mistakes that they had made. That's exactly right. Yeah. And they almost got away with it. Well, they didn't. That's a good thing. No. <laughs> but Very now, good thing. You know, being from the great state of Kentucky, um, we've got a network here called the Good Old Boy Network. And how that usually works is uh, no lawyer is going to sue a hospital in the state, you know, because I guess they pay them off and everything else. you got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of an unwritten good old boy network, and uh, it happens a lot, uh, especially with medical malpractice. But uh, Nora had been working with her dad's claim, and she knew this doctor. And uh, this doctor, uh, she well, she ran this itch stuff by him, and he wrote, he, he looked at all the information, and I guess he's the one that wrote it up, isn't he? Yes. Okay. Yes. He basically said and, the same thing I did. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a very smart man, Nora. He is very smart. One of the smartest people I've ever met. He is. And uh, he don't care to go after him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. You know what it is, don't you, Gerald? And he's good at it. Yeah. I've seen him in action. Yeah. yeah. So... Doctor Bass, not only does veterans issues guys, he'll help anybody up if you got the right if you got the right situation, the right problem he and you want something put together, call the man up because I mean he's he's the best you're gonna get. 
He is. He's brilliant. And, uh, right. So uh, now, y'all had an attorney too. And what'd you have to do? Find another one, or what happened to you? We had to find another one because this attorney, I think, was too old to be practicing. Mm. So he you did not you know got what he was doing. Van yeah. yeah. You got Rip Van Winkle. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Now this the new group. Are they out of E Town or where they where they out of? They're out of Louisville. Okay. And they're yeah, they're actually they, pretty good. Are they I mean, pretty he's proactive? a young man, and he's in his forties, and he is very good at what he does. Good. That's what you need, somebody that's proactive and can get stuff done. Of course, now, it's going to happen. I mean, everybody probably, I think everybody, everybody made an offer or two on you. They have. And, uh, yeah, so, but uh, even their offer is about the size of the one they offered you, it's going to be a lot bigger than that. Yeah. But right now they're just offering, like, little tidbits yeah. to see if they'll, he'll jump on it. Right. So well, they're dangling bait in front of him, but, you know, he's... He just he don't need to buy it right now. Right. Nope. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look at you. I mean, he's talking to you. You know, I mean, you're you're walking around. I mean, I mean, there's not a lot you can do physically. You know, you're probably limited in what you can do, and you're going to be that way for the rest of your life. You're never going to be able to work again. Exactly. You know. No. And, uh, I'm, we're looking you know. at dialysis sometime in the future. Yeah. Well, that's another issue. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh, if you decide what type you're going to do, you're going to go to the hospital and do it? Yes. Or go to the go clinic to, and do um, it? They're really good. Don't ever do the, don't ever do the home dialysis because my dad no, did it. No, that's awful. And, uh, it, killed mother, it, killed, it killed mom's back, and, and, and it basically killed him in the process. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Right, don't ever do Actually, that. Actually, my kidney doctor is one of the heads of DaVita down here. Good. So that makes it really easy. Because he keeps That's a close really tab on my kidneys. Between yeah. him and Nora. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That is good. Yes, very good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what you've been through, you know, you think back about it, you know, you you better thank your lucky stars, you know, if this girl was with you when it happened. Oh, I do. She's with you all the way because, I mean, it's, uh, if it wasn't for her, but you wouldn't be here. That's true. I thank her every day, and I thank the Almighty every day. The Almighty's got a lot to do with it, too. He sure does. <laughs> he yeah, brought me so, back from a bad one. Yep. Yeah, you don't get much worse than that. I mean, with, you know, most people's got the half the heart gone now. There's been a couple people who's had uh, Michael Clark Duncan, he, that actor, you know, that was on the black guy. Mm-hmm. He played on uh, it was it called uh, Bruce Willis movie uh, Armageddon. Uh-huh. Yeah. He played Bear, the big black guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he had a heart attack. Yeah, he had a heart attack out in California back when uh, we were out there doing stuff with Michael. He had one. He, basically, the same thing happened to him, but he went ahead and died. Yeah, he was, he he was probably about. Two months post, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then uh, some else just had one. Uh, you guys know Ed Davender? You ever heard of Mm-mm. Ed Davender? I haven't. Mm-hmm. He was a basketball. He played ball for UK back in the eighties, and uh, hmm. he went to Keeneland and was taking a cab back home. Had the heart attack and back in the cab, 
and they had to keep him alive on the vent because he was too far gone. So mm. heart attacks ain't no fun, you know. No, no. <clears throat> Not many people get to come back from the dead. That's right. And I advise anyone, anyone, if you're 40 years old, regardless of your family history, start having workups. Yeah. And start seeing, you know, what kind of shape your arteries are in, things like that. Because once you start getting little little plaque build up in your arteries, things like that, heart attacks can happen. They happen pretty quick. Yeah. So always make Very sure, quick. you know. Right. But then you also you got another thing too you look at because once you start having the once you start having the calcium stuff deposits inside your veins and arteries, they start giving you these uh, statin drugs too. You know, to yes. clear them out. Mm-hmm. And there's a big issue with these statin drugs right now. Most of these statin drugs that I know of, they say are, that are the precursors to diabetes. Most people in on that stuff over a couple months, and boom, they're full-blown diabetics. Do you guys hear about that? No, but he's mm. on a statin. What's he taking? Lipitor. Okay, he's taking, uh, he's taking a torvastatin? Yes. Yeah, okay. That may not be as bad, but uh, start checking the sugar normally. Oh, he gets um, A1Cs. Yeah. Hemoglobin A1Cs. That's um, that tells a well, history are, of your sugars. Yeah, it's like a three-month average. Yes. Yeah. So as long as they're below six, he should be okay. Yep. He he's actually doing good in the blood sugar area. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good because I mean that just adds that just adds insult to injury when you got a bad heart, you know. Yeah. Makes it yep. pretty bad. But, uh, also, another issue people need to think about is if you are unable to make your own health care decisions, you need to appoint somebody to make them for you. Need you need your own. Your POA. Do not count. Yes. Or a health care surrogate. Don't count on the hospital because yeah. I promise you they won't do the right thing. I've seen right. it. I've seen right. it firsthand. So it's better to go ahead and do it now, folks, and have it in your back pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because how can you get um, consent from a telephone call with somebody you don't even know who's on the other end from another state? Uh, I mean, they've been better off. They've been better off talking to Peggy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, anybody could call in and say that you know I'm his daughter and here's the numbers, especially since the number was posted on Facebook. Here's his passcode. I'm his daughter. Sure, go ahead and put him on palliative care. <laughs> you know, they they had absolutely no way to verify who they were getting consent from. Well, now how did Jewish take them? I mean, I mean, how did that other hospital take it when you transferred him? Would you would you more involved? Oh, I didn't have to be as involved over there. I came every day, and I was still involved in his care, but. They were so wonderful. They took him off all those medications that was killing his kidneys. They took him. First thing they did, propofol and Presidex gone. I mean, that was the very first things that they did. And they put him on Versed, and that was only for the day and a half that he um, he was intubated, which means he was mechanically vented. That's a lot less powerful drug, too, though, than propofol. Yes. And, you know, it was, it was funny because... Um, this wonderful little nurse tells me, I'm going to extubate him tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, no. And I was scared. I came in. He is sitting up in bed with oxygen under his nose and no breathing tube. 
And there was never, I can't, I can't, I can't at Jewish. It was, they didn't even say, I, I will. They just did it. I mean, that whole team, he has them. His doctor's name is funny. It's Dr. Slaughter. But he is world known. People come from other countries to have surgery from this man. And he doesn't care what his uh, insurance is. And that should That's not true. be a factor. You should not look at somebody and say, oh, you have this insurance, so I'm not going to care for you as much. That shouldn't even come to your mind. And that's what came to the mind at Baptist. Because not yeah. only did it come to their mind, it came through their lips. That's true, because they told you, they, you know, they criminal themselves, they told you that, especially that nurse told you the cost, you know, and things like that. Oh, and you then know, she decided that his um, his quality of life wouldn't be very good if he lived. She, she stated he will be hooked up to machines 24-7, and he would only be able to stand up and pivot to another chair. He will never be able to walk. He will have no quality of life. That's what she told me. Did you get her name? I know. It's Rachel Fisher. <laughs> yeah. I can go down and slap her. <laughs> I would have liked to, but I couldn't afford to get kicked out. As a matter of That's fact, true, after it was Rachel Fisher that could not successfully take him off of the mechanical vent. And then after that, she wanted palliative care, and I actually had a panic attack because of this woman. And I ended up in an emergency room. Well, you guys, the best, you know, you can actually, you can retaliate, and you can slap somebody or hit somebody, but the best thing to do is sucker punch them right in a wallet. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Or their license. Yeah. Because she's a practitioner now. Yeah, go after it. So, and that's a scary thing. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, people have heart attacks every day. Yes. Yep. But even if it's not a heart attack, you go to a hospital and you're expecting at least the basic care. You're not expecting yep. a nurse to say, well, I don't like his insurance. We're not going to get paid enough. So, you know, let's just do this. Okay. That's yep. not how you operate as a nurse. You know, when you're caring for somebody, I don't make the judgment of your quality of life if you live. If you want to live or your family wants you to live, I'm going to do every single thing that I can to make sure you live. And if not, I'm going to send you to somebody that can, which that's what Baptist should have done because he was too far above their standard of care. So they should have just sent him right over to Jewish. That is true. Now, did you get, let me ask you a question about your attorney. I mean, did you guys have a hard time getting one to take the case? I know some of these are difficult. Yes, we had a very hard time. Okay. Uh, this first guy you got, I guess he was uh, Rip Van Winkle. I guess he kind of dropped the ball, didn't he? Yes. <clears throat> We're, um, he, he doesn't even know standard basic cases, we found out. So... He really didn't need the case. He probably got dementia. <laughs> so, yes. It's very possible. But the attorney that he has now, I actually um, got him from a Dr. Smith. And uh-huh. oh, he, a Dr. Smith, he has um, 
a referral service. He has all of these specialists on hand, and he'll um, take your information and send it to the specialists and give you feedback. I actually, and he has attorneys too that he'll set you up with, and that's how I ended up with this attorney. Well, now this new guy, is he, you said he's pretty proactive and he's a. <clears throat> so I mean, like he's really going to hold to get it done. He's, uh, he's, you know, every, every attorney wants a precedent setting case when they can, you know, have a good win. Right. And it seems like it might be one of those, you know, type cases because, you know, once they offer you a certain amount of money and you turn it down, you know, things have got to change. And if, they, if their first offer is over $100,000, you know you're going to win. Right. <laughs> and it was. You know, right. So that's what I always heard at you, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're on the right track now, anyway. And you guys are lucky in the state of Kentucky. Kentucky's not a tort state, so, you know, they have uh, some states got limits of medical malpractice liability. Mm-hmm. Like Texas is $250,000, but Kentucky's not. Kentucky's, uh, they don't have no, there's no limitations on it, so. Wow. <clears throat> Sky's the limit. We have a lot of veterans that actually sue the VA for, for bad care. and uh, They should. where they live. Yeah, but uh, it happens every day. I mean, medical malpractice—they was a story that came out the other day in the news. It was the third leading cause of death. Yeah, <laughs> see that? And I'm not I'm serious. A Look it up. <laughs> third leading cause of death in the United States is medical malpractice. I don't doubt it. Now, I, that's hard to believe, but that was the actual study. Um, oh, yeah. What, what was I, the, it was right above car wrecks. Yeah. If you go in the hospital, you need someone there with some knowledge of medicines. And yeah. uh, like you, you said, it, you need an RN, really, uh, yeah. to be there with you, too, uh, because some of them will do anything. I mean, anything. <laughs> You're right. I've seen that firsthand. Yeah. And the nurses that I was dealing with had a higher education than I did. Well, they're just educated murderers. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. No, let me, in my lifetime, okay, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. And uh, I've had people with master's degree working under me. Education is a good piece of paper to have, and it might get you on a little higher pay scale. But to tell you the truth, a certain education with a good mix of common sense, you're going to go a lot further. Absolutely. You can be the smartest person in the world, and if you don't have any common sense, that that, that, that erases the education and negates it. You're right. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, you no, I agree with you 100%. Well, them folks in the Navy, you know, they were, you know, they were highly intelligent. But, you know, you give them some clean change on their own car or anything, you know, so you kind of figure, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> and be certain, folks, to have a POA that uh, you, you feel secure with uh, because if the time comes and, and, and uh, you end up dope, doped up or chemically restrained, uh, you need someone that can take up for you. 
Absolutely. That's extremely important. Yes, and I have to be somebody you trust. A brother or sister or hopefully someone has some kids that care enough for them to step up to the plate and see the right thing done. Yes. That's true. You You don't want them coming in there with a pick and shovel and say, where's Dad at? <laughs> One club you don't want to join the six foot under club. No. <laughs> no. And a lot of folks don't get a test of water like Ray did. No. <laughs> nope. And you know, I wonder that, that, how that, many people have died at that hospital under this kind of situation. More than you can imagine. I, I know. Right. I would I would say People need to, if this hap- if somebody dies like this, they need to grab those medical records and just start going through them. And you're going to start yep. seeing things. I mean, there there's all kinds of stuff. Like, they didn't, he had no nutrition for the first five days he was there. No feeding tube or nothing? No, no feeding tube or anything for the first five days he was there. My land. They wasn't going to waste food on him much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You can't trust them for to put a feed tube in either, Norley. No. Nope. Yeah, they put one down in Dad's his lungs. Fill them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They put two bags yeah. of fluid in Dad's lungs. You know that? Oh. Yeah. They killed him then. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I know why Mama didn't do what she did, but that's another story. Maybe another show one of these days. <laughs> I wish I could have been there but, for uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, well, she were too. But, uh, it was ugly. Very ugly. Mm. But um, I'm just glad Ray's still with us now. <laughs> Me too. I guess I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 you're not glad. You're ecstatic. You're still here. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. You know. Astonished. <laughs> yeah. But you know, um, that he he is suffering not only physically but mentally from being. Yes. He was out for 16 days. He cannot be in the dark at all. I mean, he has a lot yeah. of um, psychosocial issues that he did not have before. It's post-traumatic stress disorder, man. That's exactly what it is. Yes, and uh, has he has he got some? Has he talked to some doctors? He's going to start. Um, it is yeah, throughout his that? entire medical record that he has been suffering. It's just it's just to the point it's getting worse and not better. Get, get that diagnosis, and when you get the diagnosis, and that's too, that the 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 saddle becomes a lot thicker. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, he's already been diagnosed. Okay. His kidney. So that's going to last him the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, but he needs a mental health doctor to diagnose him with it, or they'll they'll kick it out. Yeah, he he's going. I've seen it time and time. Um, the 18th and 19th. We have two full okay. days of workup at Jewish. Are you pretty so much both, caught up now yourself? I mean, are you going back to work soon, or what are you going to do? There's no way I can go to back. To work anytime soon with all of his appointments and mom's appointments. Yeah, she's doing. She doing better. She's doing much better. Her um, kidney doctor actually changed one of her medications, and she uh-huh. is not shaking. What? Yes. 
Gerald, her neurologist cat, did not catch this medication. Her nephrologist caught this medication. What not was, that what she was, was the getting gabapentin. She was getting 600 milligrams uh, twice a day, and he cut it down to 100 milligrams twice a day. And that stopped and her. It stopped the shaking. So it was like a flip switch. It did. Well, bless her heart. I bet she's happy she can be. She <laughs> is. Oh, my gosh. I'm she happy. Pet, she can the dog again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gerald's yeah, got the same he, problem. He shakes like crazy. He reached down and pets the dog and beats to death. Oh. Yeah. See <laughs> on gabapentin. Yeah, I am. You taking gabapentin? Are you? Shaking, Gerald. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you taking? That's shaking, Gerald. I think 150 milligram or something. How many times a day? 1500. Just well, it might be 1500. I would talk to your doctor. That might be your problem, Gerald. That well, could be honestly. Well, ever ever one they invented, I think, on me. Uh, no, they need to cut it back. Yeah, they need to cut, cut it back. Cut it back. Well, yeah. I might try yeah. cutting them in half. Now, her My mom, mom was, was shaking, shaking so bad, she worse couldn't than you walk. Were. Yeah. She I mean, she shook herself. really bad. She could reach behind her neck, Gerald, and push on her neck, brand that would help it help slow the shaking down. Yep. Yeah, you that's were what I told telling you me that. Yep. Yeah, that's her. And so if they got that shaking under control, gabapentin. Gabapentin. It's probably going to take you a kidney doctor that, to do it. A kidney doctor? Yeah, she yeah. was well. on 1,200 milligrams uh, a day, and now she's on 200. And I'm telling you what, that has made the biggest difference in the world. Well, that's good. Amazing. <laughs> that it is. That's amazing. You would that's not amazing. believe her. She, she's like a whole different person. That's shaking. Well, no, no she's... I mean, I used to try to, I used to call her and get her to, tell her to, you know, write something down or something like that. She'd have to get ready to write down because there's no way she could yeah. hold anything. <laughs> yep, she can write. You know. oh, bless her heart. But Tickle you know she can walk. Was, yeah. She can bathe herself now. I mean, she can she's doing now. a lot better. Well, give her a big hug for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm happy to be about that one. I definitely am. Doctor got something right. You need <laughs> to put that on the calendar. I, and it's funny you because she down, goes girl. to a neurologist to, for that problem, and he didn't cure it. The nephrologist, the kidney doctor, uh, cured it. Sometimes, well, kidney doctors are about the smartest doctors because they're, the oh they're the main players in the blood pressure world. You know that? Yes. Oh, yeah, because that has a lot to do with your kidney function. Yes. They're the main players not in that business. Yep. You know, Daddy had high blood pressure for years and years and years, and he went to nephrologist. They finally got it down. Oh. If they'd give Dad the medicine I'm taking, it'd it been down a long time ago. What are you taking? Sodalol. Mm. You heard of I don't, it? I don't, uh-uh. It's a pretty powerful rhythm med. Hmm. It, uh, it, they give it if you got AFib or bad they give it to you. But that's like the last, the last med before you get a pacemaker. Oh. Unless you're like, uh, Ray's got a peacemaker there, not a pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. And it's funny, it's never gone off. I'm glad it hasn't. 
you know. But it's kind of strange. I'm not, you know, it might sound redundant, but I've got uh, several friends that's got them, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of vets got them, you know. But it helps them. Yep. And, uh, you know. <clears throat> it's a lifesaver. Yeah, but, you know, that's an automatic disability right there, too, with Social Security. Yes. And the VA. That defibrillator really? is an automatic, 100%. Yes. I thought it was. Yeah, Dallas. That's why they too. didn't want to put one in, Dad. Right. Now, is he on, are you on Medicare yet, Ray? No. Mm-mm, not yet. He goes on Dallas, he gets Medicare. Ah. Regardless of what he has. Okay? Hmm. If he starts dialysis, he goes on Medicare. Hmm. That's the only I don't want him to start dialysis, thing. though. <laughs> right. But that's, you know, that's a positive out of a negative, okay? Yes. That's, you know, I mean, there's nothing good about it at all. But you got, you know, um, I'm the type of person, you got to have something to look forward to in life. Or life's nowhere, you know, and you're not going nowhere. <clears throat> right. So, you know, especially for type A personalities like we are, you know, you got to have something to always look forward to. Mm-hmm. And at least some, the least little thing that's positive can be a good thing, you know. Yes. But it's a lot better where you've been. Oh, my gosh. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty wild story. And it's an inspirational story, uh, Ray. We, uh, we're happy that you're still with us. And uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Future. Hope, we hope you get your transplant and they get everything worked out and uh, you get get it lined out. And uh, I won't say 20 years from now they'll be able to take some of your cells and make you a heart. That'd be good. Hell yeah. <laughs> That'd I'm be serious. I've got them late. They've got them printers that, that do it biologically. Yeah. Yeah, they're working on it. Yeah. Yep. They'll be able to rebuild you. There we go. I There'll think I'll be stick no more heart <laughs> Yeah. Stick around for it. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> I do want to thank you all for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having been us. Been an inspiration. Yeah, I do appreciate it. It's been a good one. You know, yes, it has. I figured it would have been a good one. I want to thank Gerald for coming on with us there. He's uh, he's always there. He's been good to us. He's had his own episode himself, though. He tried to bounce off the floor the other day. And oh, he made, he, he made a, They turned him into the bionic man the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't no... He's got a titanium hip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When did you do... Well, back in, what, February, Gerald? You know, the same day Mom had her surgery. Mm. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It was. Same day mom had her surgery. I was down in Alabama. Well, and uh, I wouldn't. I was driving down there, and she's wife called told me she broke her hip. He broke his hip, and so we tried to keep in touch. And they laid him there. How many days for the operation? Don't you? Four days? Yeah. Oh, broken hip. They uh, took me in twice to do it. And then the anesthesiologist said it would be too risky. So yeah. they had, anyway, kept me here about four days pumping me full of steroids yeah. and antibiotics and mm. the feel good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I had a yeah. good doctor, he did a good job. Good. It don't hurt too yeah. bad. Yeah, this guy's walking this with his footsteps, Norley. Yes. 
Sure well, guys, I do want to appreciate you coming on. It's been a good show. Uh, well, thank you. You know, keep me posted, and uh, maybe we'll do an update here in a few months. And when things work okay, out, okay. Uh, it's always good to have a feel good story. I appreciate you, and thanks for your expertise. I mean, All you know, right, thanks, having a nurse Gerald. is a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's nice meeting you guys. You nice meeting you guys. We'll be looking forward yeah. to having you back home because this is something we need to get out there, uh, especially. People need to realize they do need someone with a POA and uh, can help look after them when, if they have to go in the hospital. Yes, you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, you're right. And don't yeah, go to Baptist Hospital East. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. This will be Jay Basher. We'll be signing off for now. You have been listening to the Basher Hour. The Basher Hour is brought to you by Hadit.com. Stay tuned next week for another edition of the Basser Hour and the Hat.com Blog Talk Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.